the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us today. The Word of God provides everything we need throughout our earthly existence. There is absolutely nothing that has, is, or will occur in our lives that is not covered by the blood of Jesus. Our sovereign God loves us so much that he created us in his own image and sacrificed his only begotten sinless son to cover all of our sins. When we surrender our all to him, we begin to experience the greatest love of all and become recipients of eternal life. Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us today. Again, a second time he went away and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. Can you say that? I mean, in times of uncertainties, doing rough weather, doing health and Christ issues, in the midst of divorce proceedings, rebellious children, financial difficulties, loss of job. Can you say like Jesus, not my will, but thy will be done. Verse 44. So he left them, went away again and prayed the third time saying the same words. In other words, Jesus prayed and he prayed. And he prayed. You know, I have to repent for not praying enough. You you pastor the church. You mean you're not praying enough? No. I got to confess I don't pray enough. But let me ask you a question. Who in here is praying enough? Huh? 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 Is this up with me? Then I got, oh God, I didn't talk enough to you. Oh God, I repent for not praying enough. Oh God, help me to talk to you today. God, we talk to everybody, but when are we talking to God? When are we talking to God? Life is too hard for us not to be talking to God. The devil is too busy for us not to be talking to God. There are too many crises in America for us not to be talking to God. And we need to be praying to that man because he's turning gray because he don't have the answers to this oil. He don't have the answers to tornadoes and mudslides. He don't have the answers to this stuff. We must be talking to God. Talking to God for him too. That God helped that man. That man need a whole lot of prayer. You don't understand what that seat is like till you sit in it. You can run for it and holler change all you want to. But when you get there, you say, oh my God. It's tough at the top. It's lonely at the top. You do this folk raise hell, you do that folk raise hell, you do this folk man, you do that folk man. Then I'll say, oh, I understand what these other guys went through. We got to be praying for him. We got to be praying for him. 
You see, we have to pray. Number six, what do we do in time of crisis? Be patient. Allow the crisis to run its course and be open to what the Lord wants to teach you through it. You can't hurry God. You can't skip in the crisis. You got to go through the complete process. And when you try to fight your way in and you, you, you struggle and you, you're making a bigger mess in the crisis, all you do is prolong the issue. And sometimes you have to have a repeat course because you flunked it. And God says, I'm going to keep you in the hot seat until I singe all of the impurities out of your life. Psalms 46, 10, 8 says, be still and know that I am God. What to do in a time of crisis? Remain calm in the storm. Remain calm in the storm. Jesus was able to maintain his composure because he prayed before the crisis as well as in the midst of the crisis in Gethsemane. He did not allow himself to fall apart or come apart, and neither should we. Refuse to allow your life to be so filled with stress and pressure and worry in the midst of a crisis. Don't let your circumstances stress you out. Amen. Don't fall the pieces. Don't look like a non-Christian. He said, well, how do I do that? Well, I'm glad you asked. So you can look like Jesus. Here's what, I'm going to give you a prescription for remaining calm in the storm. Number one, here's his prescription. Number one, realize that God is our refuge, strength, and help in the times of trouble. Realize that God is our refuge, strength, and help in the time of, of trouble. I look with Psalms 46, one says, God is our refuge. He's a safe place. Huh? And he's our strength. He's a very present help in trouble. Realize that he's your refuge. Oprah is not your refuge. Dr. Phil is not your refuge. Your mama is not your refuge. Your daddy, your money is not your refuge. Your status is not, your career is not your refuge. Those folk will fire you and won't even lose an ounce of sleep. It's not your refuge. You, you, I mean, you, you're not so qualified that you can't be let go. That's right. Used to be teachers used to have longevity. Now they're letting teachers go. Now you can't hardly find substitute teachers because nobody's leaving those jobs. And those who have them are badly hanging on now. There is nothing permanent in this society but taxes and death. <laughs> You're going to pay taxes. <laughs> You're going to die. Amen? Realize that God is our refuge, strength, help in time of trouble. Number two. Here's what you do. Here's how you remain calm and keep your composure. I'm giving you a composure scripture prescription. Trusting the promises of God and meditating on the word of God helps you to maintain your composure. You remember the promises? The promises of God. Psalms 119, 15 and 16. I love it. Psalms 119, 15, 16 says, I will meditate on your precepts. And contemplate on your ways. I will delight myself in your statutes, and I will not forget your word. You know how you fall to pieces and come apart 
And folks saying, I didn't listen. If that's the kind of God she has or he has, I don't want it. If they acting like they acting worse than me and I'm an atheist. When you forget the word of God. Then you are destined to come apart. I like that part it says, I will not. That's Psalms 119, 15, 16. The latter part of verse 16 says, I will not forget your word. And the worst thing you can do is forget the word of God in the midst of the crises. Don't forget the word of God. Don't forget what you've learned in Sunday school. Don't forget what you're learning in vacation Bible school. Don't forget what you're learning in the sermons. Don't forget what you're learning during your quiet time. You learn that so that you can uh, reference it in hard times. Wow. And let me give you another way to hold hold your composure. Jesus was calm in the midst of a crisis. If you're going to stay calm in the crisis, you have to screen the counsel you receive from others. It comes by screening the counsel you receive from others. Ooh, you can listen. You can be in a hard place and you listen to the wrong folk, your place get that much harder. That's right. It gets that much tougher. Is there a scripture on there? Sure is. Job 42:7. Job 42:7. Hang with me. And so it was. After the Lord had spoken these words to Job, that the Lord said to Eliphaz, the Temanite, my wrath is aroused against you and your two friends, for you have not spoken of me what is right as my servant Job has. You know what? They were giving him all that bad counsel. When Job was going through his calamity, you must have sinned and you must have done all. Listen, if you don't know what you're talking about, shut up. It's better for you to say I'm praying for you and then really pray for him and don't be lying about it than to say something and be more of a discouragement than an encouragement. These guys were, they came up with their own ideologies about Job's circumstances. And what the scripture says here is that the Lord got on them. He said, now, and so it was after the Lord had spoken these words to Job that the Lord said to Eliphaz, the Temanite, my wrath is aroused against you and your two friends, for you have not spoken of me what is right. And there are people that will come in right when you are most vulnerable. And they will say some things, and if you're not in the spirit of God, you will bite into it, and all of a sudden your calamity will be multiplied ten times over because you had bad counsel at the most vulnerable time in your life. Be careful who you get your counsel from. Everybody's counsel is not of God. Did you hear what I just said? Everybody's counsel is not of God. Not of God. That's how you remain. And some of you lose it because you got people. Well, and they're coming up with all this stuff. And it's messing you up. You know what? If you're going to survive the crisis, how do you remain calm in a storm? And how do you make it through a crisis? You do it by worshiping God. Worshiping God. Worship settles your spirit. It moves the heart to rejoice in the midst of adversity. Job worshiped God even though he lost his health, 
He worshiped God even though he lost his possessions. He worshiped God even though he lost all of his children. The man never stopped worshiping God. Look at Job chapter 1 verses 20 through 22. Listen, worship has a way of undergirding you and strengthening you and helping you and sustaining you and carrying you. Job 1, 20 and 21 says, then Job arose, tore his robe and shaved his head and he fell on the ground and worshiped. And he said, after losing all of that, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked shall I return. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job did not sin nor charge God with wrong. Now, y'all, that's deep. I mean, you lost all your children, lost all your possessions, lose your health. And he says, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. What? A godly perspective. What a depth of spiritual maturity. What an exemplary example to see this man worshiping God in the midst of incalculable losses. If you lost, I'm not asking you if you were to lose that much, if you just lost part of what Job lost. What would your be? What would your reactions be? What would, your, what would your reactions be? Oh God, help me to preach this message. Listen, how do we respond in a crisis? Refuse to allow yourself to become angry at God. Refuse to become angry at yourself and angry at others. You see, some anger. Satan uses anger in the midst of a crisis. To knock you off your feet. Refuse to be, become angry at God, angry at yourself, and angry at others. You see, uh, uh, Job there again. Job chapter 2 verses 9 through 11. If you turn there, are y'all hanging with me? Oh God help me. Job 2, 9 through 11 it says, Then his wife, Mrs. Job, said to him, Do you still hold fast to your integrity? Look at you on that ash pile scratching yourself. I'm paraphrasing. You're all a mess. You got boils all over you. You look bad, honey. Curse God and die. Ooh. Let me tell you something. Bad counsel can even come from your spouse. That's right. This is his, this is his wife giving ungodly counsel. Bad counsel can come from a husband, a wife, or children. You have to screen your counsel even from those who love you most. Now that gets deeper. You know, you know, uh, uh, you know why she's saying that? Because his losses were her losses too, huh? You know, because she was, she, you know, they were one flesh. They were married, and they were together, and they were united. And the possessions was, was as much hers as, as his. All those children came out of her womb. If you lost all, you know, you lose one child. What if you lost all your, don't get too hard on Mrs. Job now. I mean, you lose 
Ten children. What would you say? You might not say it like that, but it probably won't be cute. (laughs) Huh? Won't be cute. Won't you curse God and die? But Job said to her, you speak as one of the foolish women speaks. He's calling his wife a fool. Shall we indeed accept good from God? And shall we not accept adversity? In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. Oh, how we love getting the goodies from God. We love the cars and the clothes and the raises and we love the children getting scholarships and going to college and getting good jobs and on and on they go. Promotion in the military and ranks. Oh, we love the goodies from God. But can you accept adversity? From the same God? He says, shall we indeed accept good from God? And shall we not accept adversity? In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. Do you not know your lips can cause you to lose your blessings? Get angry at God. God, I've been serving you. I've memorized the scriptures and I've been coming to church and I'm in leadership and I've been faithful to you. And, 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 and you look what happened to me. You could have stopped all this. You get mad at God. And don't you know everything you have come from God? And it is God and his own sovereignty that predetermines how long you keep what you got. Oh, God. He's just angry. He wasn't the only one. Let me show you another character got angry with God. Jonah. Turn to Jonah chapter 4 if you can find it in time. Jonah chapter 4, verses 4, 9 through 11. Jonah going to pout and get mad at God. Look at Jonah. In Jonah 4, I'm not going to wait on you because some of y'all are not used to those minor prophets, so I got to go on. Uh, uh, Jonah chapter 4, look at verse 4. It says, then the Lord said, is it right for you, Jonah, to be angry? <laughs> look at Jonah 4, 9. Then God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the plant that I put there for your shade? Verse 11, 411, and should I not pity, have mercy on Nineveh, that great city in which are more than 120,000 persons who cannot discern between their right hand and their left and much livestock? God told him to go to Nineveh. He went the opposite direction. God got a fish, swallowed him up, spit him back out on Nineveh and say, now you go preach. And then folks started getting the king and all the subjects and all the people at the preaching of Jonah. 
They repented in sackcloth and ashes, turning away from their sins to God. And Jonah's mad. Just think about that. He's mad. Sometimes you can not like folks so badly that you won't even pray for them. Huh? You cannot like folks so badly that you ignore. You don't wish them well. Hmm? Worst thing you can tell somebody is go to hell. Jonah's met folk getting revived, folk getting saved, folk turning around, and Jonah's mad. Don't get mad at him. We got some Jonas in the house today. Folk shouting. Folk getting saved. Folk getting baptized. And you grumbling. (laughs) You holding back your ties. Because this ain't right. He said that. uh, uh, you, you, You disturbed about little stuff that has no eternal significance. Folk getting right. Kids are rejoicing and dancing and jumping and you see ba- babies are dancing. You see everything. Things are happening. You see the you see God moving all over the place and you <laughs> you better move get, get as far as you can from them. Some Jonas in the house. God's blessing folk. God's answering prayers. Folk are getting delivered, revived, and saved, and you being a Jonah. And God has to rebuke you just like he did Jonah. You see, Satan will always seek to exploit your anger in order to destroy your testimony for Jesus Christ. Jesus' Jesus's intimacy with the Father helped Jesus to maintain the right perspective in the midst of adversity. Jonah should have had the right perspective, but he failed to have it. Finally, but not the least, in the midst of a crisis, this is a part two. I can't finish today because we got a lot going on all day today, so I'm going to cut it short and we're going to stop. One more, though. And then we'll go to get ready to go to Sunday school. Realize that these trials come to make us strong. Listen, you can't grow, you can't grow up without having some agitation. Huh? You don't get the beauty out of gold and diamonds until it has been refined. And God uses the process of crises to refine you, to agitate you, to get all that dirty dross off of you, huh? to straighten up your language and your posture and your attitude and your giving and your helping you to love. You've got too much meanness in you. And so God has to crisis your meanness out of you, crisis the cussing out of you. Crisis the foolishness out of you. He give you crisis after crisis. You down here stupid and every crisis make you a little bit 
take you a little bit higher and put a little bit more spiritual muscles on you. And all of a sudden you can walk and you can stand and you can live because you've been through the storm and you've been through the rain, but you made it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Have you been through something, but with the help of God, you know you made it? I thank God. I thank God for my mountains. I thank God for my valleys. I thank God for the storms he brought me through. If I never, 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 never had a problem, I would not know that God could solve them. I wouldn't know what my faith in God could do. But through it all, through it all, I learned to trust in Jesus. Through it all, I learned to keep my hands in his hand. Through it all, I learned to walk by faith. Through it all, I'm going to stand till he comes. Through it all, my mind is made made up. My heart is fixed. I'm going to stand until he comes. Through it all. I learned to trust in Jesus. Through it all, I learned to depend upon his word. Do I have a witness here? Have you ever been through something? Have you ever seen God bring you through the night? Hold on a little while longer. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. All God's children said, let's pray. Father, we thank you for John 17, 1. We needed it because we just came out of one, a crisis. Perhaps we in one or we about to go in one. And Father, if somebody here don't know you, and if they could only see what's coming their way, they would run to the cross and say, save me. So whatever come my way, Lord, I'm ready. Because with Jesus, you are enough for me. Oh, God, help today. In Jesus' name, all God's children say. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210 821-5683. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.